This is Angelina, and you're listening to On My Mind Podcast. Hello, listeners to On My Mind Podcast, and welcome back. Today, I'm here with a special guest, Bella. So would you like to introduce yourself? Okay. Uh, First of all, to Angelina, thank you for having me on this podcast. My name is Bella. I'm 17 years old, and I go to the Canadian International School of Hong Kong. My hobbies include change making and cooking. Um, Yeah, so thanks again for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, Bella is a great cook, by the way. (laughs) And yeah, so today we're back for another episode of the Candid College Chats, which is a mini series that I wanted to start um, because well, we're seniors in the midst of applying or we've already applied to, to universities. And I think it's such a current and important topic that is on our minds. And so I, I want to create these little episodes to, to discuss it and both discuss some tips for prospective students, as well as discuss how we're uh, navigating the, the process. So to start off, to give the listeners a little bit of context, where did you apply and for what subject? So in the UK, I applied to five schools, Oxford, UCL, KCL, Edinburgh and Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a little story about why I chose Edinburgh. So originally I applied to Warwick instead, mm-hmm. but after considering where I, re- where I would really be happy going, I, would, I just chose Edinburgh because it, it's so beautiful. Um, so the subject I applied four was law. So for all five of my options, I chose law. Great. I think, I mean, uh, I I really like what you just mentioned about where you see yourself going. I want to segue to that a little later as well. So how did you find kind of your passion? Because I think the UK is difficult, or at least for me, it was difficult because you have to pin down one subject that you want to study and your personal statement has to be somehow geared towards that one subject. And and you, it's hard to change uh, majors. So what, when did you know that you actually wanted to pursue law? So when law is something that I've always been passionate about, and I think that passion originated from the very first time I engaged in change making. So the reason why we, there's so much, there's so many social issues or so many things that we have to change is primarily because of something that's wrong with the law or something that's wrong with society that has to be addressed by people who can make the change. And in this case, on the professional level, I figured that law would be perfect for me to combine all of my passions together and also my skills. I really like communicating and also I'm a very staunch advocate for some issues. So I think that would be perfect for me. And the UK is really special with applications because they really need you to be passionate about a subject that you've, then they kind of want you to read into the subject in high school. So that's something to note for if you want to apply to the UK, like maybe um, identify what things that you're passionate about and kind of look into it as well. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think one way to do that, especially is reading some books possibly. And so for example, if you 
if you just read, maybe if you just start reading some nonfiction, it could help you pin down a certain area of, of research or an area of interest that you actually want to pursue. And even if, you know, we say passion, I don't know if it, it's hard to define this word passion, because how do you know if you're really passionate about something? And I think it's enough to just be interested in it, because the more that you learn about it, and research into it, the more, quote unquote, passionate you're going to become about it. So I don't think you should worry too much about um, being necessarily passionate about something right away. Cause that takes time to, to, de to develop. And yeah, obviously reading, as you mentioned is, is quite important. Um, and also something that I recommend doing is, is actually listening to podcasts. And I've started doing that quite a bit. And I know that, so for me, for context, I'm applying to international development and slash kind of public policy and actually, there, there are quite a lot of good podcasts out there um, that where, where there's professors and really world-renowned uh, leading researchers that, that talk about certain issues. And it's really, it's really an, an interesting resource to use as well. So podcast books can help you kind of find this um, quote-unquote passion. Also, I was wondering, because I know that you did some law internships, and how do you think internships helped you learn more about law or, you know, further this interest that you had in law? So I did two law internships in the past two summers. The mm -hmm. first one that I did was at a corporate lawyer, lawyer's law um, firm. So that was a solicitor. And I first learned about the terms and more on the corporate side of things and more financial terms, which is before I did that, I didn't know these things existed. And that experience allowed me to be really hands-on with drafting submissions and also learning the whole process of taking up company public and what that really means. And the second internship that I did was with a barrister, which is different from a solicitor. And that was a completely different perspective that I had encountered again. And my mentor actually recommended a lot of books for me to read. And also, and they're not just kind of like textbooky things. They're actually just law books and that define the terms for me, which really helped for my personal statement as well. So I would say interning and being hands-on with the subject area really allowed me to enrich my knowledge within the area of law. Yeah. And it, it sounds like you kind of gained two key things from your internships. One being knowledge of the specifics and the nuances that exist within law because law is a very broad field and it sounds like you gained a lot of exposure to some of the nuances in law and that helped you narrow down maybe what specific law you want to go into and another one you mentioned there was you had a mentor and I think that's also obviously incredibly helpful to have that to have someone who is very skilled and knowledgeable in this in this field that can like you said help you out with your personal statement so yeah, internships are are definitely a great way to to gain some exposure. And out of curiosity, how did you get those internships? So I would say a lot of it comes down to networking. The first mm -hmm. one that I found was I actually received a bit of help with it, but applying and creating my own CV and writing cover letters, et cetera, had to kind of justify why I am suit well, why I am good for this internship mm -hmm. and when I did it, I didn't expect myself to actually be hands-on and learn this much, which kind of 
allowed me to also create connections with people within the industry. So for my next, for the one that I did this year, I actually got it from my boss from last year who recommended me to a different, um, a different lawyer. And through that experience, I also had a lot of exposure to other people and just basically creating my own network. And I think in the future, I will also use this network and also apply to internships based on my interests and also based on who I know as well. Yeah, it's great. No, it's, it definitely sounds like that one internship really opened up a lot. And um, I mean, I know you're also a fervent user of LinkedIn and LinkedIn is obviously also good for creating connections and, and connecting with people and looking at some opportunities that might be in your area. So I want to kind of circle back now to, so, well, I guess once you kind of have an idea of what subject you want to do after it, it really comes down to university selection, right? And so I wanted to ask you, what were some of the key factors that you took into consideration when selecting your universities? So the first thing that I looked at was the geographical location. And I think that's a very practical way to look at it because ultimately going to university is actually where you're going. And another factor that um, that was really important as well was the quality of teaching and the research that the university puts out. So that um, really helped me understand what the researchers and professors do and kind of just reading books from these researchers as well. And that's how I got to write the academic portion of my personal statement. Actually, correction, my whole personal statement was academic. So um, reading <laughs> all of these books from these different professors allowed me to gauge like how how much um, this university does for the subject area. And another thing that I looked into was um, like the environment again, but in a different way, like the social environment, are people ambitious? Are people hardworking there? And is there like a good support system? Will I make friends there? That These are also some factors that I looked into when selecting my five universities in the UK. That makes a lot of sense. And I think, um... I agree with some of that. I I think something that you touched on, which is key, is the idea of quality of teaching, because that's something that usually doesn't show up in rankings, because most of the time the rankings are based off of research output. So a university might have, you know, amazing research output, but the quality of teaching itself might not be that great. And I think that's something that's often overlooked, especially, I mean, this also this doesn't only apply to the UK, it also applies to the US, um, where there's often great discrepancies between the rankings and I guess like normal rankings. And then if you look at just quality of teaching rankings. And I think that's also really interesting because I actually didn't look at the uh, necessarily the professors themselves, but that is a, a good a good aspect to uh, to include as well. And yeah, geographical location, I think that's kind of a given. Honestly, I, I did something similar. Obviously, I, I did look at like, where, where do I want to be? What type of cities um, do I like? And, and I agree, social, social environment is also really important because you will spend uh, three or more years there. But I'm wondering, because often social environment is one of those things that's, it's, in, it's intangible and it's hard to get an impression of that just over the website. Um, so how did you come about kind of researching these less tangible aspects, such as the social environment and like you said, um, support for students? So 
doing I agree that is intangible. It's not something that could be listed in a statistic on a website. Mm. Um, so what I did was asking around um, friends of friends or friends that are older or even consulting my older sister who has friends everywhere in the UK. So I think that was really helpful. And when I ask around, I usually ask more than two people at a certain university because then I can get different perspectives on the same university to see, to gauge if there's kind of a consensus on something or or if it's just a personal thing that's a good point I hear so many people they're like oh I talked to this one person and they said this um but that's just one person obviously so so it's a good point to to see if there's a consensus yeah so you mentioned that you that you ask like friends and and connections and do you feel like they get they give you quite good insights that you otherwise wouldn't really have gotten? I definitely think so, because you're familiar with these people and you're kind of familiar with how they um, socialize or work and all of these things, like what they do in these universities. So I think there is a level of being relatable to them and just kind of knowing people who are similar in age with me, like how they find these places is really important to me as well, compared to asking people who were um, alumni maybe 10 or 20 years ago. I also would, I also forgot to mention that I would ask alumni, alumni from decades ago to get like a different perspective on how much this university has changed and how it is different in their time. Yeah, that's actually a good point. And, and I think the key aspect you touched on is this idea of, of honesty. You really get um, pretty authentic insights into what it's like being a student there that you probably wouldn't, that you just don't get from a website or from a prospectus, right? Because you have to remember that's always an advertising. Um, yeah, it's always an advertisement to gain, uh, to get students to apply. And so obviously they're not going to tell you about all the possible downsides or, or negatives. So, so now, you know, you have your school selection, you have your five schools. And then I think comes one of the most daunting parts of the application is personal statement. And it's really just this one, uh, I would say like approximately one page essay, 4,000 characters, but I think it's so difficult to, to start it and, and write it because there's all this pressure on it to be, amazing. So what are your tips for, for writing a personal statement? How did you navigate it? How did you go about it? So writing the personal statement, like Angelina said, it was super, it was a very daunting task. It mm -hmm. was a very time consuming one as well. Um, you, I don't think anyone should underestimate like the power of only just 4,000 characters. You can actually get a lot of messages across with 4,000 characters. I believe that's like 500 to 600 words. Um, there were a lot of challenges I, that I faced during the writing process. So for example, I started, um, the approach that I took initially was to talk about um, like my experiences and why that drove me to the law instead of taking a more academic look at it. So the first draft that I wrote was not that great because I mainly talked about like my internships, but didn't really link it to a central idea or a specific area within the law. So another thing that I struggled with was finding, because because I read a lot of books relating different subject areas within the law. So I really needed to pinpoint just one or two aspects of it that I 
could focus on. And the bulk of my essay was, it ended up being about wrongful convictions. And I had to take a lot of edits as well. And you kind of have to follow the, there's many different ways to structure it, but one that, but the one that worked for me was linking the academic to my personal or academic choices. So that was something that really helped me as well. And and some final advice is get your friends to read it because if it if it makes sense to you, it's not enough. You have to make sure it makes sense to other people. Yeah, I, I think you have some great tips in there, and I I totally agree. I think the um, having friends, family, obviously on top of if you have a college counselor, getting your college counselor to read it is extremely valuable. And I think so. Something interesting that you mentioned was how you started off talking simply about your experiences and how they drove you to law. And although that doesn't, it's not extremely academic, I think that can be okay as well, because you don't necessarily have to write a super academic personal statement. It just depends what kind of schools you're applying to and what kind of student you are and what you're aiming to, to write and, and get out of it. Because obviously the more competitive schools, they do expect somewhat of an academic personal statement, but I think they, they also really enjoy hearing some of your personal voice come through as well. And especially if you link everything back to your subject area. And now the thing that you mentioned about the specific aspect, I think is really crucial because if you were just to write about law in general, it's such a broad field that I don't think you would ever be able to go into depth on a specific um, aspect. You would never be able to show off your knowledge on something. And, and I kind of had the same approach where I wrote mainly about, so my, like I mentioned, I applied for international development. And the, the way that I um, framed it was a little different, actually, because I went almost in a chronological way. And I started off talking about how a trip to Ghana actually sparked my interest and what I saw there. And then I linked that to some of my readings. And then one of my kind of central themes was the debate between the public and the private sector and if those should work together or be separated. And especially I looked at also, because I also applied for education. So I had to kind of intermingle both development and education, which was not easy, um, but but it worked in the end. And I think that's also something that if you are applying to some slightly different, so for you, you applied law all the way through, but if you are applying to slightly different subjects, it's okay if it's not 100% catered to that exact subject. If you have, you know, different threads running throughout um, and you always make sure to link them together, that can also work. So for example, like I mentioned, I did education and international development and I made sure to kind of intermingle this throughout so that, yeah, the schools that I applied to both for development and education could still find something within my personal statement. And readings is also also important. Again, if you are looking for highly competitive schools, talking about your readings is is really important. Um, But I think it's also one of the most challenging parts, at least I find it challenging, because you don't want to be just summarizing the book. You want to go a little deeper. So how did you approach that? Sorry. How did you approach that section of your personal statement, the, the readings part? The readings part was essential because, um, like you said, um, more competitive schools require that 
portion. And mm -hmm. something that I did with that part, instead of summarizing the book, I kind of just use a few words to that really encapsulate what the book was talking about. But also something that I did was taking my own stance within some of the topics explored in the book. So for example, one of the books I read kind of talked about um, how new challenges in the world like terrorism has has hindered the approach of using of applying justice and maintaining like the level of justice for everyone so what i said was um despite this we can still administer justice so for example like just maybe challenging one or two points that the author has made but be able to kind of substantiate my point with my own argument um i think uk universities especially the more um challenging ones to get into they really like to see someone's point of view i know it's really difficult to kind of formulate a point of view that is kind of like academic at this age but it really shows your critical thinking and it shows that you're not only just summarizing this book that you thoroughly understood what it meant yeah totally critical thinking is of the essence but i think it's it's quite daunting to to expect you to write you know your own uh, ideas but i think you you know start off with with just thinking about well did i like this book um what did i think of this book what did i think of some of the ideas being said in it did i agree was did it make sense or did i think hmm that's a bit strange or this doesn't quite uh fit or this isn't really logical and and starting off with just those kind of simple thoughts and then channeling that into your personal statement that can be really effective so it doesn't it doesn't have to start off with you know uh, a whole a whole academic theory that you're coming up with it can be as simple as like did i like what this author said right but obviously be able to to, to justify it that's obviously key because if you do get um, an interview they're going to expect you to be able to justify your point of view and if you can't do that then um that is going to hurt you now this is a this is kind of a i guess a random part but one of the most daunting things for me was just starting it and like what what what, what should my first sentence be and out of curiosity how did you approach the the start of the personal statement you're really familiar with how i started my personal statement <laughs> i am i am that's why i'm asking because you have a very nice sentence yeah so i'll get a little bit into that um so how i started was i had to consult other people like how do i make an entrance like how mm. can i make an entrance through the first sentence of my personal statement um in English writing, we all we obviously know what a hook is, something that hooks and reels the reader in. Um, mine was just maybe an unconventional way of starting it. My first sentence was wrongful conviction appalls me, period. So that was so these four words I figured were kind of just short and powerful enough to draw someone's attention in because I did make a claim that, OK, yeah, I am it has like an emotional side to it. Like I am very appalled by this. So this whole essay kind of, it kind of just underlines what my personal statement is about. I'm going to be exploring wrongful conviction and what I think of it. So I think the first sentence and the last bit of your personal statement should kind of link. And the first two words and the last two words of my personal statement are the same. So that links mm -hmm. it back. Like the whole thing was just talking about what I explored in the first sentence and it kind of wraps up everything as well. So my advice to starting it is before you think of 
an interesting hook. You kind of have to think of what you want to explore and how to make an entrance. Yeah, I think that's a good point is the first sentence that you ever write is does not have to be your hook and it's probably not going to be your hook because if you sit there <laughs> for an hour trying to think of a clever hook, you're never going to actually start writing it. So like you said, before you think about the hook and worry about that, think about the content, make some kind of outline, structure it, and then just literally start writing. And your first sentence can be as simple as my interest in XYZ subject started when something happened. Basically that can be, that can be your first sentence as a placeholder until you maybe find some kind of hook that you, that you want to have. And I mean, it's interesting because obviously a hook is, is great to have, but I, I actually kind of, <laughs> I sacrificed that and I decided to just go with a very simple sentence um, because not many people apply to international development. And so I just wanted to start with why am I interested in the subject? So I started actually very simple, just my interest in international development and education started when dot, 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 just to make it clear and, and really draw the focus of the the admissions officer to why I'm actually interested in this in the first place because it is kind of a somewhat unusual subject to apply for yeah no I think that's a great point again like like figure out your central idea and also make sure that it links right you can't have a hook and then just leave it there and not ever address it or come back to it again Um, so yeah linking it I think that's those are all uh, signs of a of a great personal statement so thank you so much for for your advice about that I think uh, we discussed some really great tips and I think I'm going to wrap up this episode, but are there any last words that you want to give any more advice, tips? Yeah, I agreed with what you said about the personal statement. Just figure out what you're going to say in the whole thing first before you think of doing anything fancy or attention drawing, you know? So yeah. uh, a final word of advice is know your timeline and Oh, and know your expectations, like what, when you want that to be finished and start it. If you can start it early, but no pressure, because if you know that you've set enough time to do it, then you won't be as stressed. And I know this is a really, we've both experienced this really, you know, um, stressful time in the couple of months and in the months coming. So to people who are applying or will apply next year, good luck. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> It's great. Yeah, definitely know your timeline. That's true. Um, be aware of, of deadlines and all, all in all, like, don't worry too much. I think there's going to be so many other people worrying. And I think once you, once you know what you want to do, once you're on a good path, just be confident in yourself and in your abilities, because truly it's, although it seems like this huge daunting thing, once you do it, it's not actually as difficult and, and just have confidence that, that what you're writing and that, that your argument is as strong and um, yeah, great. Yeah. Thanks, Bella. And thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode. And we'll see you soon with another episode of Candid College Chats to wrap up this little mini series.